Hi folks, I am Yash. Welcome to a fresh episode of the Curious About Sales podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things related to sales in business and life. My dear guest for today is Mr. Ankur Joshi, co-founder and CEO at Nuclei. He has had an interesting journey having worked across multiple industries. So having graduated from IIT Bombay in 2007, Ankur started out as an investment banker at Deutsche Bank then co-founded a chain of restaurants in Pune. Next, started a B2B e-commerce marketplace in retail and pharma. Post that, he was part of the senior team at Tabso when it got acquired by Amazon in 2018. And currently, he has co-founded a new company called Nuclei that helps banks set up the digital banking. It's been quite a journey. Welcome to the podcast, Ankur. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thanks, Ish. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, really appreciate what you're doing for the, for the overall sales community with this podcast. I'm excited to be part of your show. Thank you so much for having me. Great. So, uh, by the way, Ankura, did I miss anything in, in your introduction that you would want to add on? So, more or less, you covered everything. Uh, probably, I just add that, you know, I grew up in a uh, very lower middle class family in a uh, small city, not a town, small city called Indore uh, in Madhya Pradesh. And... Uh, like did my schooling there, then went to college in Bombay. That's when I realized that, you know, like, uh, people coming from small city, there was so much to learn. And, you know, students, I, I interacted with students in Bombay, quite all their life had been in Bombay. I realized that there was such a big gap between what I had learned and, you know, what I could actually learn from them. That's when I realized that, you know, life will always be about changing the benchmarks. So that's what, you know, I also started changing in my life. You know, I need to continuously keep changing my benchmark. So, yeah, maybe just that. Oh, interesting. So, so Ankur, uh, you, you've done a, you've done quite a lot of things. Like in in the span of thirteen years uh, of of your of your work life, uh, did you have a plan in place, or you just kept doing things? Uh, like obviously, the ideal answer is that you know, yes, of course, I had a plan in place, but uh, <laughs> like, of course, that is not true. <clears throat> Uh, just kind of kept on figuring it out, uh, you know, over the years. Uh, one important thing was that I always wanted to learn from my mistakes. Uh, mm-hmm. Made a ton of mistakes across, you know, across the last 14, 15 years of my professional life. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to learn from them and not repeat them. Uh, not 100% successful for sure. Yeah. Uh, but at least the, you know, the effort is there to not try making those mistakes again. Uh, yeah. luck played a lot uh, luck played a big part mm-hmm. in you know reaching where uh, we are today we are nowhere uh, close to being successful uh, but I also believe that the definition of success keeps on changing mm-hmm. and just like benchmarks it also keeps on improving and I'm hoping that you know my definition of success has improved over a period of time mm-hmm. uh, like for example when I was in Indore uh, no one had even thought about going to a, a college like IIT Bombay. And uh, it was just that, you know, someone in my family came to know about this, enlightened my parents about that, you know, push him towards that. And that kind of helped me go to that college, helped change my benchmarks in a lot of perspective, gave me a different perspective about life. Mm-hmm. And then you go on from there. So just like benchmarks, the success definition also keeps on changing. And I think we are all just flowing through where life is taking us. And that's yeah. what I'm also doing. 
Interesting. Interesting. So uh, like what, what keeps you going? Like after having done so many things, you've, you've been in the restaurant business, you've been an investment banker, you've, you've been a part of an acquisition uh, now started your, I probably the third company that you have started out. So what keeps you going and excited about the future? So uh, earlier when I started, like when I was working with Deutsche Bank, uh, to be honest, uh, just after college, I had a call from IM Calcutta as well. Uh, but then I also got a job from Deutsche Bank uh-huh. and the amount of salary which they were offering, uh, uh-huh. it was just exorbitant. Like no one in my family had ever heard of those numbers. My dad was in fact very uh, like questioningly asked me whether they will get me to do legal stuff or not. And again, like it's, it's very typical of middle class parents for my dad to ask me that I could just make sure that you get everything on paper, just make sure that you don't do anything illegal, etc. Et yeah. Of course, like people in Indore were not aware of investment banking back then. Yeah. Um, now, the, there was a choice between going and doing my MBA in IMCAL, which was a, which is a very good college. But then, like, you know, it, it was just too much money at that point of time. Yeah. And it was it was something which really, really helped my family a lot. So we decided okay. to, you know, not go to MBA. Eventually, mm-hmm. I never ended up doing an MBA. Yeah. And went and took the job. Then after you know, having worked there for two, three years, I realized that, you know, I wanted to do something on my own. Uh-huh. Probably I was chasing, uh, you could say job satisfaction or happiness in life mm-hmm. at that point of time. Yeah. This, what the goal of doing something that also mm-hmm. kept on ch- changing over a period of time. So okay. earlier, probably I was just chasing job satisfaction. Uh-huh. Therefore started a chain of restaurants. Then I started mm-hmm. chasing happiness. Uh, I think currently I'm chasing two things. Uh, huh. One is uh, actually I'm just chasing freedom. So freedom okay. to do a lot of stuff and freedom yeah. from doing a lot of stuff. And also having a quite a free mind space for my Correct. own things. Correct. So that's what I'm chasing. Now, a lot of those uh, other aspects which I've been chasing in the past mm-hmm. become a variable to this equation. Okay. Uh-huh. So... You know, yeah. that's what keeps me going, trying to achieve freedom Interesting. Uh, in a very overall perspective. Uh-huh. That's what I'm trying to achieve right now. Interesting. So uh, uh, since you talked about freedom, like I, I was listening to another podcast by Noah Kagan uh, and uh, one of the guests on one of, one of the episodes there uh, told that one of the easiest ways to, at least for that person to find freedom was to start their own company and, and keep at it at something that interests them. So do you believe that like being an entrepreneur or starting your own company uh, is, is the best way out to probably seek your freedom in a way? Uh, I wouldn't say best way out. Like I'm sure there are many, many ways out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my dad's friend who has also run a business, a successful business for the past 50 odd years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was, when I quit Deutsche and started my business, he gave me an advice that Ankur, always make sure that your costs both in business and personal life are as minimal as possible. And the reason for that was that if your costs are low, you will achieve satisfaction very, very fast and you will achieve happiness very, very fast. If your expenditures are high, mm-hmm. then you will have to work harder. You will have to achieve that much money, uh, achieve that much amount of income, both in business and personal life. And mm-hmm. that will become your standard of life. So keep your, you know, expenses low so that your requirements are not high and you wouldn't, you know, be in a state where you think that you have failed or you wouldn't be in a place where you'll feel unhappy about it. 
so that's something which i have always managed to keep that you know keep the expenses low uh, and then it just adds to more freedom correct absolutely absolutely interesting so uh, uh, so coming to to your current business like at nuclei uh, i I'm, i'm curious to understand as to what was the insight behind starting nuclei uh, also uh, uh, i've heard that you've done you did a quite a lot of thinking to even strategize the go to market plan uh, was it so yes yes of course so uh, i earlier told you that you know wanted to learn from my own mistakes so uh-huh. post the acquisition was being finalized uh, you know i wanted to get out i wanted to start again and mm-hmm. i was just in a phase where i was listing down all the mistakes which uh, we had made in the past uh, several businesses and all the things which we have worked out in our favor uh-huh. now having listed down like there were some some mistakes which was a very strategic strategic in nature some mm-hmm. things were very tactical in nature so okay. uh, one of the biggest thing was that you know you wanted to always think big and when i talk about think big from a business perspective think global so Correct. till date are like all the businesses i have been involved with have uh-huh. always focused only on india as a market okay. now i thought it was slightly myopic and mm-hmm. we could do something better we could create a product which we can take global so that was one of the you could say guiding principles uh, uh-huh. while starting nuclear so even before starting nuclear that was one of the guiding principles the second was i always wanted to build a sustainable business so uh like some of my mentors always kept you know probing me that you are not building a profitable business okay. you are either ending up building a lifestyle business uh-huh. or building or scale but that's not a profitable which is not a profitable business so uh-huh. build a business which is sustainable which can last a long time so profits became you know one of the key things that you know we have to build a business which is profitable and sustainable in order correct the other thing was always stay lean which i already touched upon that you know even in good times when you have more cash in hand mm-hmm. uh, there is no reason to acquire fat on the business you should always stay lean you should always focus on reducing costs always focus on making sure that you are not you know spending too much so Correct. that again became a guiding principle and then there were certain few things tactical in nature that you know uh, acquiring distribution uh, mm-hmm. like there is like getting app downloads you have to spend a lot of money and okay. essentially raise money give out equity and then pay it off to say google or facebook or any other marketing channels to acquire that app distribution now you never know whether this app distribution fires down the line will remain an asset or not so why even spend on that and there are so many other businesses which yeah. have an existing organic distribution in place so why not piggy back on that why not leverage their existing distribution and you know distribute your product okay. so another tactical was that you know always always try uh, and you know target customers revenue not the cost so this was a mistake which i had done with my pharmaceutical uh, platform okay. we were targeting customers reducing customers cost which uh-huh. is not a very easy thing to sell but if you are targeting to increase your customers revenue that's a relatively much easier sell So these are the things uh, which you know we started with, which became you could call them the first principles on which we started the business, mm-hmm. and obviously we are going going ahead. I'm sure we'll add a couple of more, but this is what we are basing it on. Interesting. And uh, 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 what I was also curious to understand is that, like, why did you start out Nuclear? Why do you think there is a requirement for a product that you are building at Nuclear? 
so uh, to be honest the product idea did not originate from us uh, okay. <clears throat> so uh, one of the guiding principles was that you know build a sustainable business so yeah. i was slightly more keen on getting uh, a client who will pay us money upfront okay. instead of us investing a lot of money into the business Correct. get a client who can pay us money upfront oh. and help uh-huh. us run the business yeah to get go so that's when we started focusing on you know industries where uh like industries where clients can pay us money so we like to start out we started focusing on banking uh telcos and also insurance uh, this was early to mid 2018 uh-huh. and uh, you know i just went out started meeting you know bankers uh, executives in telcon companies uh, executives in insurance companies and started to understand what is the problem is they are facing which as a tech company we could solve yeah and this was all very open ended you know discussions yeah uh, very soon we realized that you know telcos were going through a tough time wouldn't be able to pay us money so we yeah. you know uh, took off telcos as a potential client at that point of time now yeah. we are again back onto telcos as a industry okay uh, insurance as a industry when we compared it to banking was like few years behind banking when it come when it came to technology uh, implementation mm-hmm. so we also dropped the insurance and then just focused on banks okay so i think uh, in a span of 5 or 6 months in 2018 i met around 100 banks across middle east southeast asia and india uh-huh. and literally from meeting to meeting uh, kept on adding to the product so kept on taking ideas from various bankers wow. what would help them solve their problems uh, what will excite them what are their needs what are their wants and essentially put together the nuclear platform so the idea did not originate from us it just we are just lucky enough to be executing that idea oh, wow but that's that's a very interesting way to uh, to build a business and and this is something that we read a lot in 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 business books as well that you need to talk to your potential customers first and from them uh, you will eventually evolve your product in a way that they would want to pay for it and like you 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 told us that you spoke to so many banks in 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 a, in a short period of time uh, yeah that's that's i i believe from the books that i've read a good uh, and a great way to 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 set up a business so, uh, <laughs> well well yes but as i said like you know we were lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time and yes. lucky enough to be executing this wow interesting so agar uh, uh, you spoke to uh, these many banks how, how were you able to get the meetings like uh what did you tell them when you were trying to uh, probably talk to them and 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 uh, get a meeting with them so like of course the initial few meetings uh, were either friends or friends of friends who are working in the banking industry yeah uh, then you know it just kind of uh, became a pyramid scheme from there and yeah. every meeting which i got i like i hope that i would excite them enough with the idea that they would give me three more meetings so every meeting i think on an average resulted into getting at least one more meeting interesting uh, and that's how i went so yeah. going into a new country was slightly more challenging for example uh-huh. going into indonesia and meeting people uh, there was the language barrier there was a cultural gap uh-huh. uh, but then again like getting one meeting one person excited about your idea resulted into getting three four more meetings and that's how i went about it so there were many challenge channels which i reached, like i directly whatsapp message on whatsapp I directly called people. I messaged on LinkedIn, email, all like all the possible things I did to get these meetings. Now, of course, like for these hundred meetings, 
I probably did not get 400 other meetings. So that will be the funnel conversion. At every five meetings exactly. I tried, probably yeah. I got one. interesting interesting and and uh, uh, let's so let's let's talk about now the once you started selling the product and you started getting customers so uh, the, the initial 10 customers or so uh, what what was your sales plan like how how did you get them on board um so again as i said like this is a problem which the bankers wanted to solve themselves so it was not something which we were going and pushing it to them they Correct. already wanted it so getting the first two or three customers was not a challenge because we were essentially building a product which they wanted uh most that three customers it yeah. kind of became you know overall from an enterprise business perspective social uh-huh. proof plays a very very big part so uh-huh. specifically when it comes to a banking industry uh-huh. uh, social proof plays a very big part so once we had three customers getting the fourth customer was not as difficult and then with each incremental customer we got getting the next customer in became all the more easier so obviously the minute details of the agreement we have with the bank differed uh, you know somewhat but it was just a matter of time that we got customers so i think today we have uh, 17 odd customers uh, banks in huh. and plus one bank in ue and uh, we are hoping you know probably before the corona virus hit we are hoping to get into southeast asia and middle east uh, in quarter 2 but now we are trying to get into those uh, geographies without actually going to those geographies and selling from india itself correct interesting interesting so uh, have having sold uh, like uh, this b2b product uh, in the in the past two years can i ask like what were your top learnings like sales learnings uh, selling a b2b product so uh, like if you as i said the social psychology played a very big part so before this i had obviously uh, being a founder i sold to potential investors sold to employees again sales as a skill set uh, comes in handy everywhere whether you have to convince your parents that uh, they should be okay with you doing a business and yeah. not working in a bank or convincing your uh, fiancés or girlfriend's parents to, you know convince them that you know you're a good guy and you'll take care of her etc etc Uh, yeah. Sales as a skill set comes in handy uh, everywhere. Yeah. Social psychology plays a very very big part in uh, sales, okay. specifically when it comes to enterprise sales. So that mm-hmm. was something which we theoretically read a, a lot about and also started practicing a lot. So various aspects of you could read about uh, the Chaldini's principles of persuasion, various aspects of that. I'm not talking about the negative aspects of it, but you know you can take a lot of positives out of it as well. Yeah. so that was a very big learning that you know the way you could implement all those uh, scenarios uh-huh. second thing was uh, you know uh, there is one i think he is an md of lux capital uh, he spoke a lot about optionality and randomness okay so we realized very soon that you know in banks there are so many stakeholders so many different departments okay. that we just cannot uh, you know put all the chips in one place we mm-hmm. have to create options for us Okay. And at the same time, believe in randomness. That you know these options might not result in a good result uh, mm-hmm. or a good outcome mm-hmm. over a period of time. Uh, okay. Just have to believe in randomness. That you know you have to go after all the options again and again and again. Never mm-hmm. give up. And mm-hmm. eventually, over a period of time, the point dots will connect. And it's only in hindsight that you'll be able to figure out how the dots connected. You okay. won't know it upfront how the dots will connect. 
Correct. And it will be different for each and every bank. And it has been that case, has been that case for all our clients. Correct. Uh, the third thing, obviously, like, it results that, you know, from a sales perspective or from a revenue perspective, there are three things that you can sell. Mm-hmm. So you can sell a product yeah. uh, and get uh, like your license revenue or license your SaaS income. Mm-hmm. You can sell a service and get income against that service. Yeah. But more importantly, which I believe we have been doing, is mm-hmm. sell a vision. Now, okay. selling a vision does not necessarily result in revenue creation immediately, but yeah. it always creates value for you. So that is something which we have always focused on that, you know, instead of selling the product, instead of selling uh, the service, sell mm-hmm. the vision. And that's how even like initially also we created the product. We are always selling the vision that this is the vision which we want to come out with. What mm-hmm. are the things that, you know, as a banker, you would want to add to this product? And we ended up building it up. So that was one very, very key learning. Now, from a like typical sales perspective, like what would I want in people who are working in sales and nuclei uh-huh. one very very important thing which we realized uh-huh. was micro courage now it is very easy to say that you know you should be courageous uh, uh-huh. and you should you know be a superman or you know a very hero but we don't want heroes we want someone who has you know micro courage day in and day out for doing small things like picking up the phone and yeah. calling a stranger picking yeah. up, uh, you know, an email ID of a bank CEO and emailing mm-hmm. them. Speaking to strangers at a conference. If you're crossing a head of digital of a particular bank without yeah. knowing them, without having an appointment, having the courage to walk up to them and speak to them. So that's, that kind of attitude is something which is very, very important for the company, for us to become a successful salesperson. The second important thing which I look for is that, you know, uh, when hearing a no, uh-huh. don't assume that it is a never. Always assume that it's just a not now. Correct. And out of these 17 customers we assigned, there were four customers who said no to us repeatedly. Okay. We never gave up. We always assume it's just not now. We'll come back, we'll come back, we'll come back. Like one of the customers we signed nearly after two years uh-huh. in February. Wow. So, you know, like our typical sales cycle is around eight to nine months, eight uh-huh. to ten months. But a customer signed us with us after two years, kept saying no for, you know, every quarter. But we just kept going back. So yes. resilience and perseverance plays a very important part in there. Yes. Did I answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of like micro nuggets, I would say, uh, of wisdom uh, that will be very useful to someone who's listening <laughs> to the show today. Yeah. Well, so... Uh, yeah, Ankur, uh, you you mentioned one of the points, uh, like uh, you talked about selling the vision, and uh, so uh, can I ask you what is the vision that you are painting for for your clients uh, and and that you are looking to achieve at Nuclear? Correct. So again, like uh, banking as an industry, uh, mm-hmm. like obviously has changed a lot in the past five years, mm-hmm. uh, but going forward also it will change a lot. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like it has enjoyed kind of a monopoly for the past 50, 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. But now there is a lot of competition from various consumer tech companies, mm-hmm. uh, be it on the liability side or be it on the asset side. And okay. that is because of the better customer experience, more variety of uh, products or services which these consumer tech companies are providing to the bank, uh, providing to the customers. Okay. So generally a young customer would 
much rather go to a conservative company like a phonepay or a paytm and okay. refrain from going to a bank branch you ask any millennial and you know they would not even remember what their branch is forget about the branch manager so you know historically the business has the like, bank business has been done on the basis of physical relationship where the customer goes knows the branch manager personally and that's how the business is done but yes. i think the times have changed now that relationship needs to move to digital and that's what we are helping the banks uh, do so we are helping them create deep engagement with their customers mm-hmm. and build a richer relationship with them get more uh, you know insights about the customer behavior and then leverage those to grow their business interesting wow like uh, if if i were a banker and you were selling to me i would definitely buy it now that <laughs> my opinion matters a lot yeah but yeah uh, that definitely seems like a problem worth solving for yeah great <laughs> thank you thank you yeah so uh, uh, ankur uh, uh, like uh, in today's day and age there's of course this thought of to be always like we need to be always learning because things are changing very rapidly uh what do you do personally to keep up with the things or probably uh, keep yourself in a learning mode all the time uh of course like uh, as a principal in our company as well uh, we have few slack channels where we focus on learning continuous learning becomes uh, one of the key uh, principles for the company one of the key things that we believe as a company mm-hmm. uh, and for one to continuously learn they have to have humility they need to believe that they can actually learn so even though i have been doing sales for the good part of last decade or so hmm. i still believe that i only understand 2% of it and that's when you need to continuously force yourself to change your mindset so there are few things which i do one is of course listen to a lot of podcasts uh two i have a set of mentors who i keep going back to and keep learning from them every week on week uh three i read books not like not a voracious reader but uh, probably i read couple of books every month uh, like some of the books actually the book which i'm reading right now is range by david epstein and uh, last two books which i read uh, one was powerful by patty mccord of netflix it's like someone who has to build a team and put a structure around it like it's a fabulous book to read second is king uh, of i think i read upheaval by jared diamond uh, now of course he's a very good writer but uh, the topic which it covers was something which i had always been interested in about how a society or a country as a whole reacts to a particular crisis and comes out of it so these three books pop up in my mind so these are the things which i do to continuously learn plus in our company also every friday uh second half we keep free we call it a weekly friday uh, essentially forcing people to come out and coach others in the company uh about and tell them or inform them about what they do as a day to day work so a back end engineer might come and you know coach marketing people about what a back end engineer does on a day to day basis a sales person might come and uh, you know tell the tech folks that you know what they do as a business so this helps increase empathy between the teams as well as you know helps them grow from a overall perspective so instead of just remaining a specialist they yeah. try and get into a generalist mode correct i i believe you know uh, people who have to become successful uh, need to be specialist in few things but uh, they need to have some information 
about a lot of uh, yes. variety of departments or medical. Yes. So that is very important. So these are the things that we do. Interesting. And uh, uh, Ankur, I, I just wanted to ask you this as well. Do you meditate? Uh, I try, but okay. I have not been too successful at it. Okay. Um, so a uh, substitute for it is that I take my dog for a walk. So okay. Yeah. That, 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 that's like partial meditation for me. Because yeah. it's something that I really enjoy and I get away from my phone, my laptop and uh-huh. just go for walks like three times a day for half an hour for example. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, and any parting thoughts that you would want to leave us with? Uh, like, again, uh, I think I probably uh, touched upon it earlier that, you know, uh, one of the most important things which I realized when I moved from Indore to Bombay was to continuously chase the new benchmark, the next benchmark. Yeah. And it could be, you know, you can divide it into multiple verticals yeah. and divide it into various phases of your life or various aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. But if you stand still, you will rot. Okay. You need to continuously be on the move, continuously keep changing your benchmarks. And mm-hmm. if at all, at any point of life, or at any point of time you realize that you're not growing mm-hmm. and change the variables. So that's something which I have been very, very focused on since the past, I would say four years at least. Before mm-hmm. that, I was also, you know, in a standstill mode. But definitely in the past four years, I've pushed myself to always grow continuously. And I do that with everyone who works with me. Interesting. And, and also uh, keep or have courage while, while you go on this process. Or, or this of journey. course, of course, of course. Wow. That's important. Interesting, interesting. So, thank, thank you, Ankur, for for coming on on the show today. It was lovely speaking to you. Thank you, Yash. It's uh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for having me uh, on your show again. Yeah. So, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Curious About Sales. I hope you enjoyed the session with Ankur. Until the next time, take care of yourself and stay safe.